The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. The Bavada at Odds Podcast. My name is Seth Everett. I'm joined by the head odds maker at Bavada, Patrick Morrow, as we break down the latest odds in all the major sports. NFL week to week as the playoffs are upon us. We'll break down the latest odds plus the futures. It's the Bavada at Odds Podcast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. We got Shashevsky, we got Tebow. We got Aaron Rodgers, Smorgasbord. You're listening to the A Squad of the Functional Sportsaholic. Sam, how you doing, my friend? My buddy, it is good to be back with you. I know it's uh, it's been a while. It's been a uh, it's been a wild 2021. It's been a wild couple years as we've talked about ad nauseum over the last uh, while. But uh, I had some major life shifts, as uh, you know, as I'm sure a lot of people have out there. So. Uh, but yeah, all things are fine with me, I guess. Um, you know, it could, cert- could certainly be a lot worse. But uh, how you been? Things are good, man. You know, trying to it seemed like we were going to flip a switch in the new year, but uh, <laughs> you know, things kind of linger a little bit. But you know, compared to a lot of people out there, I cannot complain. Yeah. Um, so you know, we have, uh, like I said, I mean, I just got a lot of stuff going on. The the you know, you and 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 uh, Mr. Gooch Givens and Mr. Steve. Uh, you know, did a uh, did a fantastic job while I was away, but um, you know the reality is uh, my situation. I'm just kind of back um, when I have time to do this. Um, you know, before the and I think I might have mentioned this a couple months ago, but before um, you know, I kind of took you know my hiatus uh, as as we called it, um, my self imposed exile. I, um, you know, I got a, a new job and the podcast and the YouTube channel just couldn't be my job anymore. Um, you know, boohoo, long story short is that, um, you know, basically when the craziness of, of COVID and all that stuff happens, um, I don't know exactly what the factors were, but I believe that the lack of commuter travel, like people just literally being in their car traveling to work. I think that was the main culprit in podcast. The industry as a whole was down quite a bit. Um, you know, I'm, I'm talking like, you know, it went down like 80% or something like that. And when the listenership, um, you know, uh, leaves, um, you know, so do so do the, the, the sponsors and the sponsors started coming back. But then we had, you know, lower listeners. So anyway, long story, I, I just couldn't sustain myself. So I have a job. Uh, it's a good job. It's a fun job. And, uh, you know, as far as uh, as jobs go, I mean, I don't think you can do a lot better um, than uh, than I'm doing. But, uh, you know, the, the flip side of that is that is absolutely my priority um, now. And uh, as much as I love, you know, doing about seven podcasts a week and doing nothing but YouTube and spending, you know, hours and hours I just can't do it any anymore um so yeah we're in the situation where we are now where um you know I'm kind of things are a little bit fluid um you know but uh, my main priority is elsewhere and I do this as I have time as long as it doesn't uh, interfere and I think we've got a plan in place Sam where you and I can uh you know do some of these things and not have it impact our professional lives and uh you know we'll go from there but that's uh, that's where we're at that's where I've been that's why I've been away I'm still very much looking forward to the NFL season. Um, we got some really cool things, Sam. Really, really cool. Actually, I shouldn't. Honestly, I probably shouldn't even be talking about it. But um, 
look, there's an event. I'm just going to say one word. It's called Ignition, and I'm going to leave it at that. But uh, it's really neat, and um, there's going to be a lot of interactivity with uh, with some of our listeners. We appreciate our listeners as always. Um, things are looking really good there. Like I said, I don't, I, you know me, Sam. I don't do the touchdown dance before uh, before things are, are set in stone. But things are looking really good. We should have more info for you in the next couple of weeks here. But we got some really cool things coming down the line. When I can talk more about it, I will let everybody know. But you know, we appreciate you kind of sticking with us. Um, you know, in this uh, in this time of uncertainty, everybody. So there you go, Sam. Um, yeah, man. So. That's kind of you know my story over the last few months. Um, what what is what has Sam been up to other than just crying, crying about Mike Krzyzewski announcing that he was retiring? Oh man, I actually did have I actually did have tears oh, tears no. today watching the press conference. Absolutely, man. Oh, I didn't I didn't know he had the press conference. I just saw the news. He had a I, press conference. No, he had a press conference at eleven thirty. I sat there and watched it. My daughter was like, "Are you gonna?" cry through this whole thing and I was like yeah and she goes okay I'm gonna go in my room because I don't like to watch you cry <laughs> yeah who does you know who does like to see I was like father? yeah I get it you don't want to see your parent cry I was like it's not like I'm hurt or anything I said the, the dude's been there my whole life you know mm-hmm. I was like you can't you know it's not something many people can say that you know like the team they root for, they've always had the same coach and the same yeah. kind of uh, foundation. Especially you know? these days. So, I mean, uh, you know, yeah. outside, like in terms of coaching tenure, I mean, shashevsky has got to be up there, if not number one currently, right? And I mean, I number mean, one, I mean, 40, 41 years. Well, I don't know. Like, I don't know. If some of these some of these NCAA basketball coaches, I just lose track of. Is Bayheim even still at Syracuse these days? Uh, he is. He is. Okay, so, so yeah, he's, he's around probably, there, right? He's probably number one because he's been there since the 60s, yeah. I believe. 69 was his first year or 71 or something. And I know he's kind of worked on his exit plan and all that as well. Yeah. Um, I think he'll wait until his son is done playing and I think he'll be out. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, Yeah. uh, In the NFL, obviously it's Belichick um, who's over 20 years at this point. Um, And And uh, Popovich in the NBA who's been there over 20 years. So, yeah. And they're even talking about him kind of walk, you know, walking away at some point. I mean, I don't, I think the the Spurs would be crazy to get rid of him. Um, But um, yeah. And I I mean, Roy Williams just left, you know, granted he hadn't been at Carolina Carolina the whole time, but you know, he's been a fixture in college basketball for a long, long time. And, you know, he, he, he left before I I do like what uh, I'll call him coach. I like what coach is doing um, and uh, having the having the swan song um, and, and like leaving, you know, having a gear of being like, hey, listen, like I'm, I'm this is going to be my last year, but we're going to get after it, you know, so you, you, you still get a chance to really enjoy it. And I think he's going to I think he's going to come out fired. You know, yeah, fired so. up. And, and do you know, is there an exit plan? Well, I shouldn't say an exit plan, but is there a plan in place for Duke? Yeah, um, co- uh, Shire is going to take over. He's the coach in waiting, um, John Shire, which I have mixed feelings about. Um, but uh, how long has he been there? Just because he's never been a head coach. Right. I mean, he's been, I mean, he's a Duke player. He's been there since 13. Um, so he's been there a long time, you know, and I'm just like, you know, I, know. Um, I, I, I tend not to like head that. coach is a whole nother thing. And then you're and then you're you're following those footsteps. Yeah. You know, I, I was kind of but I understand why they're doing it. They can't just be like, oh, we'll figure it out at the end of the year, because obviously Bobby Hurley's at 
Arizona State. Quinn Snyder, who's a great coach and is a former Duke player, is, I know they're going to keep it in the Duke family as they should. Right. Is at um, Utah Jazz and they're you know busy in the playoffs and Jeff Capel's at Pitt. All these teams are doing really well. They can't just be like, um, yeah, we're going to wait and you know and see, and see um, if we can get one so of these I guys get, back. Right. 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 You know, so they got to have something because they got to be able to recruit and do things like that and they'll probably just give shire a bigger role this year as far as like handling things so that he can get a full year of you know the other stuff under his belt but we're going to support him yeah sure um yeah i and i think colin coward always says about um um when howard stern left i think they replaced him with like david lee roth or something like that um, because you, you know, and I mean, you know, when when the fixture leaves, the next guy in the in the shadows and in every or in the shadow of that person, it's just a really tough draw. And um, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to say the the, the guy's going to be a sacrificial lamb, but if you have the longtime assistant, I, I personally I don't think it's going to work. Um, but at least they can give him a shot, keep things consistent inside the building, so that makes sense keep things consistent with recruiters because you don't want like your whole, your whole like assistant staff who's recruiting all of the players for next season to be worrying about and trying to put feelers out for other jobs and stuff, give them right, some, st- some right. stability. So I think it makes sense. Um, it does make sense, but I tend to think that they will be, you know, they'll have a new coach in like 2024 or something like that, but you know, maybe it'll work. Yeah, out. I, I think so. Out. I think so too. I yeah. think so too. They'll, they'll, it'll give them some more time to kind of prep, you know, put feelers out and things like that. You know, I think, you know, and if, if Shire does great, then he does great. And you yep. don't, you know, you don't miss a step. College basketball is totally different now too with these, you know, um, with the portal, you know, the transfer portal and these one and dones and everything. It's just a different, it's just a different game, you know, and I'm kind of hoping maybe Duke goes away from all that and just goes back, man, get some three stars and some four stars and guys that stay three or four years. You know, because it's really hard having these guys for a year and you just well, they're leaving. Yeah, you I, know? Think, I think there's something to that. I, if, it, if it were me, if I were, you know, a college basketball coach and this would be the same if I was taking over a team in the NBA and rebuilding like, hey, our, our hometown Orlando Magic, um, you know, is in a perpetual rebuild these days. I feel like and I would say the same with any sport, really build the base. And to me, the base in college basketball is like you, like you said, three or four star recruit with some upward you know potential. Get guys that are going to stay for four years. And to me, I look at those as the glue, you know, the stability in the organization, the guys that can grow and, and always respond in crunch time. You remember those old Maryland teams that I used to root for? You know, at, like uh, yeah, Duhon, yeah, the Gary well, Williams, the Gary yeah, Williams man, teams, they, they the, were, the they, Steve Blakes, the the Juan, uh, the Juan Dixon. Yeah, and, man, they were yeah. they were good. Um, yeah. And they, I hated Maryland, but that they were good. Uh, he, you know, Gary Williams always recruited well because he never recruited. You one know, star guy, or I'm sorry, one right, year right, right. never did. Yeah, yeah. And no. and I, I think that's important, especially when you get into the tournament, because, you know, what you see, and I th- this is why I say Gonzaga, and they finally made the NCAA this year, which I didn't even comment on because I wasn't doing the show. Um, they finally made the, um, the championship game, because in my bracket, I always have them out, although I did win our bracket this year, as we, as we mentioned a couple couple weeks ago or months ago. Um but you know these guys walk through 
and I'm not compared to the to the one year guys that Duke gets to Gonzaga because it's it, you know it's apples and oranges. But um, Gonzaga gets through. They play in a weaker conference and they just smash their conference all year. And then they have a series like three or four weeks of four game tournaments or three game tournaments or whatever it is. Right? You have to you know every weekend is a tournament. You have to win what two games to advance to the next weekend. You know when your Thursday, when your Saturday, or whatever it is. And you can zag it. They're just getting everybody's best shot from really good teams that have already played other good teams inside their big conferences. So that's why they're always at a disadvantage. It's like you're jogging all year, you're running the marathon, and then you're running wind sprints for like three weeks, you know, at the end of the season, and it's tough. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Duke. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, if you have the glue there, though. Then you can get a couple of these one-star guys to be like the difference maker, almost like what Syracuse when they had Carmelo Anthony again back in the day. It's like Carmelo Anthony was like that one-year guy, and Syracuse had a good nucleus around him. Carmelo, when they hit that tournament, he just kind of you know took it over, and then Syracuse won. So I, I I wish that would be the model for a lot of these teams instead of like, hey, let's have a bunch of uh, you know eighteen-year-olds who are just waiting waiting out their year to join the draft. Um, well, and you look at you look at the two teams from last year. Baylor, it's a bunch of three and four year guys. Yeah. Gonzaga, it's a bunch of three and four year guys. Yeah, they had Jalen Suggs, who's you know a stud, but you know um, we'll see how Gonzaga does now because they're starting to get the five star guys yeah, and right. the one and dones. You know, so are they gonna? You know, it's kind of hard to be like, oh yeah, let's turn down these studs. But right. you know, like in a way, it's kind of like. The teams that are always there at the end of the year are the teams that have the three and the four year guys. Well, it's like European like, basketball, why they're yeah, you right. know, why they're considered like a thorn in the side, which I saw by the way, um US basketball, the men's actually failed to qualify for the three on three US uh at the Olympics. they they failed to qualify. Like they lost to the Netherlands yeah. in the qualifying rounds and they, they failed. It's yeah. because these guys with chemistry are always, you know, always formidable to, you know, stars. Yes, you know, you can win games with stars, but you need chemistry especially like you know in a game with ball movements so we'll see um i want to shift it over because i know um you and and the guys talked about tebow uh, for a little bit but i actually disagreed with um where that um where some of the discussion went i don't want to say i disagree with the segment or anything but um i i I think steve was the one saying "Eh, i don't think it's gonna work i think it's gonna work so let me just get that out there um here's the thing tebow drives me absolutely crazy as we've talked about on the show, because he's supposed to be, this is, this is, uh, you know, the, the Christianity thing in, in the United States in, uh, 2021, he's a big Christian example. He's, you know, everybody's golden child, but when it comes to him going through any bit of adversity or when it comes to him having to swallow his sizable ego, he can't do it. And so what did he do? He takes his God given gifts and he goes to play minor league baseball because he, he can't deal with not being the center of attention. This is Tim Tebow. This is the real Tim Tebow I'm giving you. He cannot deal with not being the center of attention. He has to have the light on him. And, you know, he went to the SEC network because he had the light on him. Then, you know, then he gets tired of it. He's like, oh, wait a second. I'm wasting my youth and my skills. I'm going to go play for the Mets in single A and ride the bus. I don't know what he was doing. When, by the way, the New Orleans Saints and New England Patriots both tried to sign him to be a hybrid player. When Tebow, when that was too, um, you know, Tebow's too good for that. Tebow and his ego, they're too good for that. And so what do we get? We get Taysom Hill. Everybody's going crazy over Taysom Hill. Tim Tebow <laughs> sees that now. He's like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have been a putz 10 years right. ago and actually, you know, swallowed my ego. And right now I would be in line to start 
you know, quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Right. But no, I'm an idiot. So what ends up happening is his old coach, um, Urban Meyer, I almost called him Breckenmeyer, Urban Meyer comes in <laughs> and he's like, hey, Tim, you know, why don't you come back? We're thin at tight end. Um, I don't know if you've ever caught a pass, but why don't you come in? And I've said this about Tim Tebow. He is a guy that can get you a yard. And this is what drove me crazy about him not playing in the NFL. And this, by the way, with the Patriots drafting Mac Jones and and keeping Cam Newton on the roster, this is what Cam Newton is going to be next year. A guy that can get you a yard, a nightmare in the red zone. So now you have Tebow, who I and I don't know if he can catch. That's a big deal. But he's going to be physical enough to block. I know he's old, but he doesn't have NFL miles on him. He's going to have another like three or four years in the NFL. Uh, yeah, I he's think. in shape. He's, yeah, in he's shape. always been in shape. Yeah. He's a tight end. It's not like he's a running back. Right. I don't know if he can catch, but he will be able to play H-back for this offense. And I'm talking about like the old <laughs> um, Joe Gibbs H-back. I'm talking about, um, you know, we see uh, Travis Kelsey in these weird split sets. Sometimes they'll do like a little end around at the time. Tim Tebow is going to be a nightmare. For opposing defenses. Oh yeah, and Urban's gonna make it work just so he can shut everyone up. Yeah, you know? like and, and you Urban know. is probably the one coach that Tebow can probably like buy into over this stuff. I, and and you cannot fail because I you know I've I've been writing the uh, the fantasy football book which is going to be out I don't know in like a week or two. Um, I, I you know I've examined the Jaguars roster. Chris Manhurts, like I think O'Shaughnessy is there. These are not freaking Travis Kelsey. And Rob Gronkowski and this and that. By the way, Rob Gronkowski, how old do you think he is, Sam? If you had to guess. 31. You're, I think you're right on the head. I thought he was like 36. He just seems old. I think me. I looked it up not too long ago okay. because I was like, when he retired, and I was like, man, this dude's only like 30. I know. You know? He's got the body well, he's been around of a, a, long time. Of a 50 yeah. year old. But no, but right. Tebow, Tebow's older, I think at league age 34, if I'm not mistaken. But. His body's younger, um, and I, I just I think it's going to work, and I think it's going to drive people crazy. And by the oh, way, it's going to drive people crazy, and so it's going to drive me crazy. It is because I'm not yeah. rooting for him, and I want to I want to put throw that qualifier out there. I'm rooting for this to blow up. I don't like Urban Meyer. I don't like the old UF teams. I know you did. I did not, and I don't like Tim Tebow. But I think it's going to work. In fact, I really can't see a situation where this doesn't work outside of Tim Tebow retiring in training camp. That's the only thing here. He might just decide again that he's too good for all of this. But if he des- if he buys in and he decides to play, I think it's going to work, man. I do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I agree. I agree, and I agreed on the call. You know, I think yeah, you're right. I uh, think you're the only one. The I think one that, I think Brian and, and uh, uh, Brian wants it to work. Yeah, you know, so he can get his 15 jersey back out. <laughs> You know, with this jorts. Yeah. With yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing, Aaron Rodgers, uh, as we close out the show here, again, these kind of uh, shorter episodes. Um, Here's the deal. Let me just go on this rant, Sam, if you don't mind. Yeah, what's going to happen here, man? All right. So, listen, you know, so you know Brad um, from the Get Paid podcast, which that show, right. I, I don't know when I'm even going to get to that show. Um. We'll see. Stay tuned if you listen to both shows. Brad is the big cheese head. Yeah, yeah he's he's a huge Packers fan. So even last night, Brad happened to text me about uh, Aaron Rodgers. And I said, look, you, you try to put yourself in Aaron Rodgers' shoes here. First of all, I, it, it's weird. So he goes from, this is outside of football, but he goes from Olivia Munn to Danica Patrick to this whatever. Who is it? 
Shea Woodley know. or something like that. Yeah, that sounds familiar, but I don't know I don't what know. she's in. So everybody's what she does. What I told Brad is everybody's questioning his, um, you know, his decision with the football and how he's reacting to the Packers and all that. I'm questioning his decisions in his personal life. That's where I'm at. Okay, but let's just let's just shelve that because I don't need to talk about that too much. Let's talk about football. You're Aaron Rodgers. Mike McCarthy, you're not getting along with them, but they're making it work. I mean, if you, if you believe the rumors, you know, he wasn't super happy with McCarthy at the end, the offensive steal and all that. You know, whatever. I, I think I think the Patriots' offensive steal with Josh McDaniels. I think McDaniels is, is awful as a coach. Um, <laughs> so, you know, a player getting frustrated with his coach, you know, I kind of give him a pass, okay? Um, and he wasn't outwardly like being, you know, a, a, a kind of a jerk about it. You know, I've heard Baker Mayfield, who I've come around on and I like now, you know, he's b- done some things with Freddie Kitchens in the past that he's just like, don't say that at the press. Like Aaron Rodgers has never really been big on airing out his laundry in the press, right? Right. So they, they bring in Matt LaFleur, untested head coach, never been a head coach. I think he was a coordinator for one year in Tennessee. The first thing Matt LaFleur does, <laughs> I cannot believe this. He says, ah, Aaron Rodgers, everybody thinks you're the greatest in the game right now. No audibles, Aaron. No audibles. You cannot audible. You might be the, the best quarterback in the league right now. The MVP. Yeah, you know. But you know what? The My play calls are so perfect that you're never going to need to change them. No audibles. So, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is just like, okay. So, I remember he's just like, uh, okay. And, he, like, I remember him saying that in camp. He was, like, sarcastic. But Aaron Rodgers knew he was going to be able to audible. Halfway through the season, he, you know, he audibles. They go, by yeah. the way, that first season. They go to the NFC Championship game. Overachieve, mm-hmm. in my opinion, go 13-3. NFC Championship game. Get housed. Housed by the San Francisco 49ers. Because why? The San Francisco 49ers locked up Devontae Adams. The defense was awful. They needed a receiver. They needed any kind of pass catcher. Anybody who has eyes could see that. Any non, if you're the if you're in Guam somewhere seeing your first NFL game, you're like, why isn't there anybody open for the Packers? So what do they do in a very deep free agency year and in possibly the best NFL draft for wide receivers? This is the 2020 NFL draft that we've seen in decades. The Packers end up with Devin Funches in free agency, who, by the way, sat out the year on the COVID list. Did not add a single pass catcher after going to the NFC Championship. Add to that, <laughs> add to that, that, again, the Packers, in the deepest wide receiver draft that we've seen in decades, traded up not to get Justin Jefferson, who set the rookie you know record for, for completions and yardage and all that for the Minnesota Vikings. By the way, do you think maybe Aaron Rodgers could have used Justin Jefferson on the goal line against Tampa Bay last year? Just saying. What do they do? They trade up for a raw quarterback who couldn't even have started last year if they wanted him to. Trade draft capital for a quarterback. Nothing that no product that you can put on the field. Awful. So he goes, okay. What does he do? He goes out and wins the MVP. Has a it has a phenomenal year, maybe his best year in his career. <laughs> they go to the NFC Championship again. What happens? They go. They, they can't find anybody to get any separation in the red zone, just like against San Francisco. Couldn't find anybody to stretch the field. Tampa Bay had Devontae Adams, um, you know, kind of figured out like they did earlier in the year. They had nothing, absolutely nothing. And what do they do when it's the fourth down? Two minutes left in the game, down by eight. Their head coach, who wouldn't let Aaron Rodgers audible, says, 
uh, you know what? We're going to kick the field goal, and we're going to bet on a defense that hasn't been able to get off the field all day. All day, including giving up the most egregious Hail Mary touchdown at the end of the first half that I've ever seen in my life. Only one other Hail Mary at the end of the first half compares. Uh, but based on the most, I mean, just pathetic. So the defense had not gotten off the field in a big down all game. And I'm talking, they're giving up third and 17s, third and 18s. They cannot get off the field. They cannot get off the field. And the head coach, down by eight, two minutes left, says, eh, let's go for three and bet on the defense. Not my MVP quarterback. Okay. At home. You're on the eight-yard line. You're going to say, uh, let's kick it off. Let's get the ball with 30 If this works out right, Sam, let's get the ball with 30 seconds to a minute left and try to drive 70 yards downfield to get the touchdown and win the game. It's just stupid. It's just stupid. And then, after that, and the deepest wide receiver free agency class in the cheapest year because of the COVID, you know, COVID restrictions, the Packers can do anything. They can sign, like, uh, uh, Will Fuller. One year, $10 million to the Miami Dolphins. The Packers couldn't beat that one year with, I don't know, $11 million. They have the space. They could assign Kenny Galladay. They could assign this. They could assign that. They go into the draft, and it's very apparent that they're not going to draft a wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers on draft day says, you know what? I think I'm done here. Uh, it, it, it's, it's pretty obvious this organization has no idea what to do. Uh, by the way, when the Packers won the Super Bowl those years ago, they were drafting a receiver in the second round every year. Randall Cobb, uh, Jordy Nelson, uh, Devontae Adams, the second round. Every year they were investing an early pick, a day like one or day two pick in a wide receiver. They haven't done that in years. And they keep drafting these quarterbacks, cornerbacks, that can't get off the field. So Aaron Rodgers, like on draft day, he, he kind of puts, you know, and, and leading up to the draft, I think Aaron Rodgers is throwing his weight around a little bit and says, you know what? I don't think this is for me. And I think he's sending a message to the management saying, get me a pass catcher. You whiffed in free agency two years in a row. You whiffed at last year's draft. I could have used Justin Jefferson last year. You wouldn't trade up. You wouldn't trade up for him, but you would trade up for the guy who could replace me in four years. Invest in me, please. We're in the freaking NFC championship two years in a row. Please, for for anything, please, crying out loud, invest in me, invest in this offense. And the Packers drafted a center. In the first round. So Aaron Rodgers, I'm sorry. If I'm him, I'm trying to get out of there too. Now, do I go to Denver? No. Come on. No. And and I'll also be honest with you, after all that rant, if I'm the Packers, why are you trading Aaron Rodgers? You're not going to trade him. What are you going to get back for him? No. So it's going to be a bluff thing. No. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he wants to win a you Super think Bowl. He'll eventually just be like, all right, I'm coming back. So this is like, uh, you know, these are the conspiracy theorists out there. First of all, Green Bay is not going to trade him because they don't have to. Um, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. his one recourse this year is to quote-unquote retire. He doesn't want to do that. He's not going to. Right. If, if no, it comes down retiring. to it, he'll come if back. Tom Brady's still playing. He's not retiring. He's not retiring. He's got, I think, two years left on his contract, maybe three. He's And his cap number at 25 mil, I know that sounds high. It's not that high given what we've seen in cap increases, even with, you know, the the the, the decrease in cap this year. It's not that bad. Was he MVP bigger. last year too? He was, MVP. Yeah, MVP. yeah so what are you going to go out like that? I mean, so everybody's like, oh, he's going to go to Denver, which I think Denver is a stupid place for him, by the way. I don't like the coaching staff there. The defense, you would think it's better, but it's not. And then Denver, the package is like basically Denver's trading their entire offense, like Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and you know, this and that. And, okay, so what, Aaron Rodgers wants to go to Denver and play in Patrick Mahomes' division? What? With no offensive weapons because they just traded them all to the Packers? What? And the Packers, why would you even take that deal? 
Why? You know, I I, I don't see it. I, I just don't see it happening. Aaron Rodgers is going to take a deal better than what Matt Stafford got, and nobody's offering that right now. And, you know, they're going to get draft picks. They're going to get this. They're going to get that. But it's not going to be this year. I think that they'll probably let they'll probably make Aaron Rodgers play this year or call his bluff and make him retire next year like Carson Palmer did for the Bengals. Um, maybe Aaron Rodgers sits out the season. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I'm thinking, man, I got, what, he's 37 now? If he plays for as long as Brady did last year and everybody's extended their career, I got five, six years left that I think I can be pretty good. I'm not going to waste one of them sitting on my butt. I'm just not. I'm going to play. I'm going to play for the, with, for the Packers. The Packers will eventually get rid of him. He'll be able to call his own shot in probably like one or two years You know when his contract runs out, but I don't think it'll take that long. I think the Packers will trade him next year. I think he's a Packer this year, so that's where I'm at. A lot of I agree with you, man. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. I. I, I mean, it they're not going to trade. They're not going to. I. I mean, they're pretty adamant that they're not going to trade him. Yeah. So. And why would they? What are they going to get for him? Right. Everybody's right. going to go. He's going to be a distraction. It's Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't even talk to his family. He's going to come out and talk to the press and be a distraction. Right. He doesn't care. <laughs> no. I mean, he's. He'll be. You know, if he goes and he wants to hang on the mountains or live in Chino with his fiance or whatever, you know, if he wants to hope's Jeopardy this year, whatever. I mean, let him do it. If I'm the Packers, body, I absolutely man. play hardball here. You know, he needs to work on that body. I was like, dang, man, come on, dude. <laughs> he's working on pliability. It's a TB12. Yeah, he needs to. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know, man. Very strange. So I think that's about it. Will we be back next week? I don't know. It's fluid, baby. It's fluid. But I, I think <laughs> we're probably done with the uh, the guest hosts. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Thank goodness. Um, Thank goodness. <laughs> well, you know, Steve did a really good job. I'll Steve did a good job. Brian's annoying. But... <laughs> He's stuff. always annoying. That's just part of his charm, I guess. Yes, yeah, I, I guess it is. We're going to be doing a guy's trip soon, too. <laughs> Yeah. Well, everyone be good. Yeah, everybody have a great, uh, great rest of the week. Be good to one another. Welcome to, Welcome the, podcast. to the podcast. Functional sports are all it. Sam and Sean, too, they be. Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week. Don't miss the podcast. Touch your mic, get put on blast. And you know just what we call it. Yeah, yo, sport addicts with real lives. Talking about real life, they real nice. Going cray on the Netflix late nights. And they build an NBA, keeping the game tight. Repping the 407, Old Town. And nine fours when they met, now they hold it down. Talking life, talking real social issues. All lighthearted, so don't bring your tissues. And don't talk stupid, cause Sean might lose it. You love sports, this podcast strikes like Cupid. Taking road trips, why not just for kicks? Sean going global, you know why? YOLO. And don't get him started on Gooch Givens. They here to spit knowledge, no time for the dishes. Aging like a fine wine, sipping in the kitchen. Gray in the beard, got wisdom, so listen. Functional sports are all it. Sam and Sean, too, they be. Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week, don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast. And you know just what we call it. Functional sports are all it.